Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horde. Spec sex lines wide open, 512-337-3776. I love this texter. Uh, they are annoyed, and uh, I, I understand, understandably so. They're annoyed at the NFL's term legal tampering. So is it really called legal tampering? They need a dictionary if so. Then the texter also sends in the definition. Tamper, to touch or make changes to something that you should not, usually without enough knowledge of how it works or when you are trying to damage it. Yes, yes, yes. The NFL making a legal tampering period, which, by the way, they did like a few years ago. So this is this is a relatively new uh, phenomenon for the NFL, their legal tampering period right before free agency. And I don't, I don't know this for a fact. This is just my theory as to why the NFL decided to come up with legal tampering. I believe tampering in all sports now at every level, potentially, especially at the college level, now the transfer portal is basically the most violated, most broken rule or most broken, I don't know, whatever code um, that bylaw that in, in, in a league may have. Like it is, it's basically what speeding is. All of you out there listening right now, whether y'all want to admit it or not, y'all, y'all have been speeding today. Y'all have broken the law. You've gone 5, 10, 15 miles over the speed limit. You ain't got to admit it, but we all know you've done it. Everybody listening to this show has broken that law. It is the most broken law on the books. No law is more violated than speeding because we all do it. All right? Everybody speeds. Everybody has uh, sped on a freeway, on the road somewhere. Please just be safe. All right? Well, you're doing it. But my point is, everybody does it. And to the point now where, hell, there's even like a, a, a an unwritten agreement, a gentleman's agreement between us and the policemen now, right? And the policemen are women that, hey, as long as you don't go five miles over the speed limit, you're okay. Just speed. But only, only keep within five miles over. You should be okay. You shouldn't get pulled over. I don't even know if that's real. It's like a, we just had this belief, this like folklore legend that we can speed five miles over the speed limit and no cop will pull us over. I'm sure a cop will text in and say, that's not true. Or that actually, that is true, right? We will not pull you over if you're only five miles over the speed limit. My point is that tampering don't work that way. All right. Tampering, whether you're talking about trying to get guys or gals in the transfer portal in college sports, we're talking about the NBA players who vacation together and then decide, hey, we should play together. All right, let's make that happen. Hey, have your agent call my agent. All right, cool, let's make it happen. Whether you're talking about that or whether you're talking about in the NFL where Sean McVay goes to Mexico and oh, I ran into Matt Stafford in Mexico. Oh, this is crazy. Both of well, you should enjoy some margaritas and talk about how we should uh, team up together. Whatever. You can't prove tampering. It's really tough to prove. And the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball probably too, they really don't have any motivation to try to prove tampering. The Dolphins got, they got caught tampering because they're stupid. Every other league, everybody else, everywhere is tampering. The coaches here on the 40 acres, hate to say it, they're tampering. They are. This is the way it is. And they're all tampering. 
How do you think Texas got this this take this great basketball team together with all these transfers? Ah, we just we we waited to the the waited for the proper protocols and everything to play out before we contact. No. No, somebody's talking to somebody and it's six degrees of separation and this guy's uncle and the shady uncle and the high school basketball coach, they can reach out, but I can't because technically that's not tampering. It's happening everywhere, everywhere, in every sport. So the NFL decided, you know what? Everybody's doing it. Why the hell are we trying to act like it's not happening? You know what we should do? We should make it a thing. We should make headlines. We should steal headlines from March Madness. How do we do that? Call it legal tampering. What does it mean? Who cares? Gets the people going. <laughs> Who knows what it means? Nobody knows what it means. But it gets the people going. That's all they care. That's all they care about. They have not explained what legal tampering means. They don't care what it means. It's like uh, icy hot. <laughs> it's the same category with stuff like that. Bittersweet, awfully good, uh, deafening silence, love, hate, icy hot, idiot savant, living dead, uh, sound of silence, true fiction, whatever. It's oxymoronic, doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you start thinking about what the NFL is trying to accomplish, which is to get headlines, makes perfect sense. They want, they want the reports out there, but nothing can be done officially until March 15th. Then why have this period? Because the NFL needs, they want the headlines. They want the people talking about the NFL and talking about Aaron Rodgers and where he may go. And talking about as the quarterback carousel turns. So they're smart enough to know. Headlines is what matters. That's why there's a legal tampering period. Every other league is tampering. They just don't throw it in your face that they actually are going to decriminalize it. <laughs> the NFL's decriminalized tampering. That's all they've done. There you go. Uh, oh, real quick, we didn't get into this, but we talked about it last week that it was an inevitability that um, Chris Beard is going to be the new basketball coach for Ole Miss. Yep. Um, so, thank you, Tex, for my glad, glad he landed on his feet. I'm surprised it was this fast, but you know what? Good for him. Hope he does well. He's a damn I good coach. hope we beat him every single time we play him in the SEC. Yeah, I'm not surprised because he's, he's a damn good coach. I'm not surprised yeah, at all. No, you you know how the SEC is. If you oh, can yeah. coach ball, we'll, we'll, we'll pass your baggage and whatever Chris, you got. Go Chris, Chris Beard and Lane Kiffin are going to have some crazy <laughs> exactly. YouTube videos, y'all. <laughs> the SEC is the SEC, and Texas will have to play them. Uh, and what I'll say is, like I said, once again, it gives me back to this basketball team. They really have experienced everything from everywhere all at once. Ah, pun intended. But, I mean, think about it. Start the season, open up the brand new mood. You're a top 10 team. You got Coach Beard. You beat the Zags. Everything's all good. Then the, the, the situation happens with Chris Beard. Um, and, you know, and then he gets charged. And then you got an interim coach. But you galvanize. Don't let that deter you. You keep your eyes on the prize. Damn near had a you know, chance to win the regular season Big 12. And, by the way, in the midst of all that, just so happens you're playing in the toughest basketball conference that we've seen in college basketball in the last 20 years. Yeah. That also happened, right, in the midst of all this uh, scandal and the crisis. But you keep your eyes on the prize. You have a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a lull, so you don't win the regular season Big 12. You finish number two. Charges are dropped, by the way, of your, from the coach who was fired, so the charges are dropped from him. That, by the way, is a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. You don't think so. It is. And then you end up having a lull. You fall to uh, – you lose the chance to win the Big 12 regular season title, but you get back on your feet. Um, this team ends up, you know, uh, pulling together, kind of an us-against-the-world mentality. Uh, obviously, uh, they are galvanized and supporting their new coach, and they end up winning the, the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Roddy Terry wins Sporting News Coach of the Year. Now their ex-coach is already getting a new gig 
and now they're embarking on going into the NCAA tournament. That's a lot for one season. It's a heck of a lot. That's a and, lot. And if we're talking about tampering, <laughs> let you know, those guys have been getting phone calls all season. That is hey, true. Hey, you got another year of eligibility? Yeah. Hey, hey, your coach is gone? Forget this team. Forget them. Go ahead and come over. You can come over and play for us. So that has been happening all season as well. That's true. So like, like, it's a lot. Yeah. This is a lot. It's a lot. And then we found out Coach Terry dedicated this season to his dad who passed away yep. last year. And he's keeping that, obviously, to himself. But he's going through a lot, too. And I'm sure going through a lot with his friend, Chris Beard, also um, having to kind of you know resuscitate his career. That's just a lot for one season. And for that, not to distract them or deter them from their goals. I think their goal was trying to win the regular season and win the Big 12 tournament. But I just think it's a it's a great story. And it ain't over, by the way. No. So don't I, but yeah, I mean, if we would have said at the beginning of the season – you would have got second in the Big 12 regular season. You would have gotten won the Big 12 championship and be a two-seed in the tournament. I think everyone would have been like, well, that's going to be a really good season, and that's with nothing else included into it. That's so just yeah. straight off from You're the right. beginning, you would have said, man, that's a really, really good season. So to achieve probably ahead of where you thought you probably could have been, because you would have said this team's probably a three or a four seed going into the season, and maybe if we play really, really well, we can get up to a two or a one. And honestly, they had a shot at a one. They had a shot at a one. And if a couple of other teams maybe in the tournament didn't play as well as they did in the tournament, Texas could have got a one seed. Or if they won the Big 12 regular season and the tournament. Oh, they they won the Big 12 regular season tournament, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which they had a chance to do. They literally, you know, two games, they had, you know, kind of off performances and they cost them the regular season Big 12 title. But then they they end up blowing out Kansas. And and it's hard. I can't even say it because we're not used to saying Kansas getting blown out. But they did. They blew them out twice in in two consecutive weeks to end the season, uh, in the regular season and to end the postseason or the Big 12 tournament postseason. And to me, that is a bit of a statement as well because we know, hey, man, just like Oklahoma runs this conference when it comes to football, Kansas runs this conference when it comes to basketball. They have, they, and they, you know, now they, they do and they have always run this conference when it comes to basketball. But for Texas to have that type of statement win um, in the Big 12 tournament after already beating them by double digits, you know, they didn't want to get embarrassed out there again. And by the way, it essentially was a road game for Texas. See, a lot of camp, man. It's like what eighty percent Kansas fans in that. Yeah, you're stands? in Kansas City. Yeah, so I'm saying like that was like a road game. They, they don't have to travel really as much. Like man. they can. That's a drive. That was. Uh, that was. Uh, I, I think they've done. They've done. Uh, uh, done really well this year handling adversity, and that's what the tournament's all about. Adversity. That's something this team is comfortable dealing with. Uh, my man Chan says, "Open tampering is deemed as networking in the corporate world." Yeah, is it that? A great point. That's. That's, that's exactly what it is. I love that, Chad. Great point there. I like that. All right, let's get to some NFL news notes and nuggets here. Let's talk about Jimmy G to the Raiders first because this affects the Texans, and this is your team. All right, Patrick. And you, by the way, brought this up last week when we were talking about the trade by the Carolina Panthers to move all the way up to get number one. There was a rumor, or more report actually, in Houston because Bobby Slowick brought it up too during his introductory press conference for the Texans. They asked him, was Jimmy G a part of your quarterback plans or your future he says yes we are considering Jimmy G which means they were thinking about bringing in Jimmy G as a kind of a veteran presence with either I don't know maybe they bring in a a young quarterback via the draft or maybe not but that's not going to happen because Jimmy G looks like he is getting ready to sign with the Raiders yes he is going the Raiders I for the Raiders it you know it's a three-year deal so it's not a long-term deal it's pretty cheap as well uh, just over 20 million a year where in a world where Daniel Jones is getting close to forty a year. That's a that's a pretty good deal. 
to get a starting quarterback at that, which is going to let the Raiders make some other moves. I, I think if you're the Raiders, you really, really need, need to uh, draft a quarterback or sign another quarterback. Jimmy G has had issues staying on the field. Uh, your O-line is not exactly. Is Jared still? Not no, Jared. I believe Jared Stidham has already uh, agreed to terms with the Broncos. Oh, wow. That was so fast. I believe he is he's headed out already. Okay. So, uh, but man. A lot of quarterbacks moving quarterbacks fast. Are moving, today. yeah. They realize it's like, hey, man, we're very we're valued right now, but we need to go get our money now instead of waiting, or else we could end up on the back of the line. I bet Cooper. I wonder if Cooper Rush because he a free agent for the Cowboys. Cooper Rush, is? I believe so. Yes, I wonder if Cowboys will move fast on that. Uh, but you did you brought it up that Jimmy G <clears throat> might be the perfect. Uh, spot landing spot for the uh, Raiders, or it might be the corporate quarterback. It might end up landing with the Raiders, I should say. Uh, that's exactly what's happening. So if you're the Texans and you were thinking about Jimmy G, which they obviously was, that's not going to be the case. We'll see if the Texans, because they they brought in uh, Case Keenum, you said. Case right? Keenum is there, so which maybe- I, I think Case Keenum is a great signing for them to get a veteran in there to, assuming now you're going to have to go quarterback in the draft. Even if you didn't get a quarterback in the first round and they went defense, you still need to draft a quarterback somewhere in the draft. Yeah, and yeah. Case Keenum could be a great mentor for you and backup quarterback. So I, I like that signing a lot for the Texans just as a smart to get a guy in there who's a good player. He's got ties because he originally started with the Texans. Uh, yeah, I, I like the, what they did. But, yeah, I think they were probably in the Jimmy G hunt, but it seems as if the Raiders you know, had the inside edge on that one from the beginning uh, where he knew he was going to be the starter they may still take a guy like if Will Levis falls to them, they may still take a guy like that. If Anthony Richardson does, they'll probably definitely take that. Uh, but if you can get, if they can get one of those guys that's more of a project, then I think they could do that because it's only a three year deal for Jimmy G as well. So you could say, hey, this could be a one or two year deal behind us. I've heard some people saying that the Raiders should trade for, try and trade for Matt Corral as well. Uh, that's a guy that hmm, in Carolina, if they are, if they now have the number one pick. And they are moving on in quarterback. That Matt Corral to recoup a draft pick that may be on the move somewhere. That's another guy you could possibly take a chance on if you don't get a quarterback in this draft. No, that's a good point though um, about Matt Corral because a lot of teams may have had him high on their board. Yeah, and, and if you if you're not going to get one this year, you can say, all right, well, this is a guy that now we you know he he's basically missed a whole season due to injury, but we can get him for lower value because they they just want to recoup a draft pick if he's never going to play for him. Uh, speaking of the quarterback carousel, <clears throat> as it continues, uh, NFL media reports that Buccaneers are expected to target Baker Mayfield. Baker, Baker, moneymaker uh, is going to be a top target for them. Remember, this is a perfect spot for Baker Mayfield. I mean, Kyle Trask would be the competition. Now, I'm not saying he's going to beat out Kyle Trask at all, but it's an, it's it's a possibility. Like Usually he'd come into a spot where, oh, no, you're obviously the backup. You're the number two. You got no shot. Even if this guy plays badly, you still won't get in. He's a franchise quarterback. Kyle Trask ain't no franchise quarterback. Kyle Trask is a stopgap quarterback for now. Yeah. So well, and I mean, a good spot for me. Well, that and ends up being the play. You got Mike Evans and Godwin, and like mm-hmm. you got wide receivers yeah, there. That's true. So there is, and it's built for a quarterback. Like that team was, is not a team that wasn't built for Tom Brady. So if you want to walk into a team that was built for somebody like that, now it's falling apart a little bit, it's gotten a little bit older. But there's still a lot of pieces are there that that would be a great – if you're Baker Mayfield, you probably couldn't hope for much better at this point in your career. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that's a perfect spot. If he ends up there, that's just a speculation right now is that he may end up there. Uh, earlier in the show, we did play some sound, some audio of the president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers, Mark Murphy, being asked at a local event uh, there in Wisconsin about the future of Aaron Rodgers. And the truth is, I mean, he said basically they're working with Aaron Rodgers as much as they can. Um, to try to make the trade happen. He said, quote, I mean, unless if things don't work out the way we would want them, yeah. Um, but he said he's obviously a great player, four-time MVP, but I think it's trying to find what he wants and what we want, and hopefully we can find a win-win situation. He said we gave them permission to talk to Aaron Rodgers, but I really can't get into the details. We're really hopeful that we can reach a solution, uh, sorry, a resolution that works not only for Aaron but for us. They sound like they're ready for this thing to happen. It does. All right. Now, if in your head, what is compensation like roughly looking like oh, in this trade? I know. Is this a first rounder, two first rounders? What point? Because two first rounders is around what we're used to for a quarterback of this caliber. Yeah. They're going to be looking at that Russell Wilson deal, unfortunately. And that they're going to be using, I mean, because if you think about it, that's one of the deals that would at least give you a template. That, that's what I'm saying. Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah. But then you got to, he's an MVP. I think his salary, though, what fifty million yeah. or whatever, I think that may cause the uh, the team to just that trade for him. Maybe they say, "Hey, man, we got to offset this salary somehow." So you got to, you know, give us a break on the draft capital, right? Because we're gonna pay fifty million to the salary. Otherwise, we'd have. Oh, like, uh, or would you like to pay some of this salary? Maybe they do it that way. Yeah, like you pay forty percent of the salary, and then we'll pay the other sixty percent, and that's how they do it. But I, I could see them. Using the Russell Wilson trade as just kind of a template because, I mean, like I said, that's the last Super Bowl winning quarterback, franchise quarterback in that conversation that was traded. Um, you could say Matt Stafford if you want to. I mean, but that's also what was Matt Stafford traded for? Two firsts. Two firsts. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's going to be two firsts. And, and Matt that's, Stafford had a contract as well. And he didn't ha- and by the way, he didn't have, he was an MVP and he hadn't won a Super Bowl. So it's going to be two firsts. That's and, what you and, figure, and, and that's what's crazy is you're and, saying two first, and I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets in three seasons. Yeah, but in every offseason he'll play hard to get again. That's yeah. Gonna, yeah, he's going to play hard to get again, guaranteed. <laughs> that's just the way it is with him every offseason. So, yeah, not really sure if, you know, when this is going to happen. I think Trey Wingo said it's done. Trey Wingo leaked it. He uh, said it's done. That was hours ago. That but, was, and every single other source has said that he jumped the gun and it is not a done deal. That has not been confirmed. So uh, we, it was also hilarious because you could see all of the uh, Jets players were starting to get excited about it. Yeah. All the guys were tweeting out positive things and, and all the shows are going, uh, guys, guys, you might want to wait back on that one because this is not like <laughs> – all the other sources are saying this is not confirmed at all. I know, but we but Trey Wingo is pretty he's pretty reliable. I, he I think he's he on jumped it. the gun very often. Like no, that. I think he understood that it was happening and thought he would be the first one to get it out there, nah, and then sure. it would happen in the next five or ten minutes. And, and now it have been crickets for like three, four hours. Hey, man, this may be the Tom Brady thing with Schefter, where Aaron uh, Rodgers goes, "Oh, true. Wingo, you tried to leak this. Cool, great point." That I'm going to make happen. you wait. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. You're right about that. Uh, okay, another story here, NFL-related story. Um, I want to get into the uh, – we won't talk a lot about this, but I did see that Bobby Belt, who does a great job uh, with 105 through the fan, he claims the Cowboys are really interested in Rojo. And that remember we said the Cowboys should be thinking about drafting Rojo, uh, Rashawn Johnson, as one of the running backs. He said the guy – quote, the guy they're interested in at Texas is Bijan's backup, Rashawn Johnson. And Roshan Johnson is their 
prototype back, big, tough, physical runner, complete back. He came in at six foot, 220 pounds at the combine, averaged five and a half yards per carry at Texas while splitting time with Bijan. That's a guy I think really, really like. They really, really like. If you're looking for who the Cowboys could potentially take in the third round as a value person to pair with Tony Pollard, uh, Kendra Miller from TCU and Roshan Johnson from Texas are the two names to be aware of. He also says they're not gonna. He said they probably wouldn't pass on Bijan Robinson, but nobody expects Bijan to be there for the Cowboys at twenty six. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if he falls to twenty six, that's a need for you. It's easy. That's an easy decision there. But yeah, he would have to fall. I I wonder how close he would have to get to twenty six before they made a move. Oh, try to go up like if he's like, like the three, CD Lamb three or four picks, like yeah. CD Lamb when they moved up a couple picks to go because they know. Hey, everybody knows if he falls to us, he's going. So if anybody else wants him, they're going to try to trade up right in front of and us. And the Buffalo Bills are right behind you. Yes, so someone's going to yeah. try and jump us if we do. Yeah. So why don't we try and jump everybody and go get them? It's a possibility. They've done it in the past to try and get up and go up a few picks and get their guy. I wonder what spot that would be. I'm, I would if, guess if it would be around past, twenty twenty one. Yeah, I was like, if he falls past twenty, you got to start. You got to start working. Yeah, if he that would be my guess. 20, is they would try working. and move up a few spots yeah. and go get him there. That's a good point. Yeah, if he falls that far, man, you got to. That's, that's just too good a value to get the best running back in the draft when you actually need a running back. Uh, okay, so real quick, this Lamar Jackson story, it's got a lot of layers. Jeremy Fowler's reporting that he doesn't expect Lamar Jackson to sign the non-exclusive franchise tag, and he also does not expect any team. He expects uh, he, he doesn't expect any team to make an offer for Lamar Jackson. Uh, as my man Patrick mentioned, there's a lot to that logistically, a lot of things. Uh, so as it as with this current market, with the non-exclusive franchise tag um, now uh, applied to Lamar Jackson, Jeremy Fowler saying there's no market for that. Either people were saying earlier there's a market for Lamar Jackson. I agree. If he's an undrafted, sorry, if he's an unrestricted free agent, there's a market. He's not that. All right. He will have there will be baggage attached to him, not only the fully guaranteed deal, but also the draft capital that must be given up with this non-exclusive franchise tag. Um, But also you have to negotiate with Lamar Jackson to that fully guaranteed deal, whatever it may be. Um, He he has not responded. We have not heard anything from Lamar Jackson um, personally. He's just been responding on social media. Uh, There was a tweet. Basically, he's been tweeting a lot. That's why he needs an agent. Because that's how he speaks to the world. Like He can only get his message out there via social media. He had an agent. His agent be going on be talking to Stephen A. Smith. He'd be talking to all these people. And then his message would be out there. So it's not really getting out there. Um, but there was a tweet that said uh, that, Desha- sorry, that Lamar Jackson was one of only five quarterbacks with a 96-plus passer rating and 100-plus passing touchdowns in his first 61 starts. Uh, the other quarterbacks were Patrick Mahomes, Dan Marino, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. His uh, response to the tweet was, good company, huh? Uh, yeah, he is a good company. <laughs> I mean, he is. Like I said, I can't believe that nobody's even going to make an offer for Deshaun. Uh, sorry, for Deshaun. Uh, for Lamar Jackson, because he probably wants the Deshaun Watson-like deal, the fully guaranteed deal. I don't think he's going to get it. And I think I think he'd be He's so upset with the Ravens for putting him in this predicament that I I bet you probably could get him with another offer close to what he wants, just not a fully guaranteed deal because he's not going to get that. Yeah, and, and th- then the question goes into, would the Ravens match that? Yes, they will. And yeah. so if it's not fully guaranteed, the Ravens probably match it, which means you don't get your guy anyway and you, you – it. I think they're in a bad position where if you're a team – I could get that you can say there's no market right now for anybody to sign him on the mar- on the franchise tag. 
if you're not then trying to, on the back end, talk to him because you're allowed to in this period and say, hey, is there a way that we can make this a trade and we can get rid of all this red tape that's all around it and we sign you and you sign the, the, the tag so you can be traded, you trade to us, we immediately sign you this new deal, we do all of this. That's the conversation I would be having with Lamar Jackson right now while I could be talking to him if I was interested in him. Go, look, I can't afford to tie up my franchise for five days to wait on this. I can't afford to do all this. Like, I have to know this to do. However, if we can go back and make all this work, I'm in the I'm interested. And I think right now, what you're seeing is because he's twenty six years old and because they don't want to give the fully guaranteed is they prefer he'd go back to the Ravens, sign the franchise tag, play one more season, and at 27 come out as an unrestricted free agent, and then the market would be insane for him. I think you make a lot of great points, and you know what would help expedite those ideas? An agent. I agree. <laughs> I think we're all on that bandwagon, Ron. Because, like, like, you know, you're right. You should be trying to work out a trade rather than trying to, you know, obviously get a deal in with the circumstances applied by the non-exclusive franchise tag. Because you're right, a signing trade seems like it'd be way better. He's like, yeah. just sign it, man, and we'll give you a deal. Even if it's not a fully guaranteed deal, can you give him more guaranteed money than, than Kyla Murray? You know what I mean? Like, I think Kyla yeah. Murray's got the second most guaranteed but money I, We can negotiate deal a deal behind, good, like, Watson or We whatever. can negotiate a deal in good faith, and which we do not feel the Ravens are doing. They are not. And we can negotiate a deal in good faith with you. And give you what you want, but we will, and we'll give up two first for you. But the whole thing is, we just can't have this five day period where the Ravens are screwing you around and screwing us around, and then they match us, and then our our season's blown up. We yeah, just can't have that. The Ravens, no matter what, though, they're gonna go back and forth with you on the matching unless you make an offer that is like right underneath a guaranteed offer. It's got to yeah, be, you exactly. know what I mean? Like it's got to be right below a yeah. guaranteed offer. And then the Ravens, I think, will go. All right, we're not doing that. We're not matching. Yeah. That. So that's why it's got to be. Otherwise, you're right. They're just gonna match. But they're it also gonna hold it for five days, no matter what. Yes, that's true. They're not gonna. They're not gonna tell you if you do it Wednesday at noon. They're not gonna tell you at twelve oh five. Oh no, you can have them. They're going to tell you, uh, we'll get back to you in, a, in five days. Hey man, and, and to think Lamar Jackson is threatening not playing at all, yeah. potentially. Like just blowing the whole day. Everybody loses. Fans lose. Organization yeah. loses. He loses if he decides not That's to play. That's what happens when you have negotiations and bad faith. Yeah. It's, to me, this is, this, is, this is more on the Ravens. So the Ravens should have got this done earlier. Yes. You should have got this done right after he made his first playoff hey, man, run. And if you're a Ravens fan, maybe yeah. you can notice when they just also cut Calais Campbell today. That there is not the loyalty of this franchise. Ed Reed had to get rid of. They got rid of him at the end, and that is normal in NFL yeah, franchise. Like that's not. It, they're not unique in that. But let's not point them as the good guys because Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed deal. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. That and that. That's a great point too. The court of public opinion. They're definitely winning uh, in the court of public opinion right now. All right. Uh, we come back. We'll throw in uh, some more Texas basketball conversation. Uh, Texas basketball big win over Kansas to solidify the Big Twelve tournament championship for themselves and a two seed. We'll talk about their opponent Colgate a little bit and also uh, get into some of the other sports headlines from around the sports world. All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful night. Welcome 
back. Tomorrow Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday. My man Patrick playing jams uh, intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans out there. Um, but Longhorn basketball fans, uh, nothing tortured about their souls. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> Longhorn basketball fans feeling uh, jubilant, if you will. They are uh, overly excited about this Texas basketball team beating Kansas in the Big 12 tournament and taking home <clears throat> their second Big 12 Conference champion, Big 12 Conference tournament championship, I should say. Um, and I saw this little stat out there. Christian Corona, I'll give him credit because it's a great stat. It's about how uh, rare it is to see Texas you know, beat Kansas the way they did. So the teams who have beaten Kansas by 16-plus points twice in the same season in the last 100 years, Texas did it this year. Oklahoma in 89-90, and Kansas State in 61-62. That's it. That's the end of your list. That's, that's good company. They're 5-2. and two. Uh, If you go look at Texas versus Kansas, they've had a lot of success versus Kansas in the last three years. Uh, they got three wins over, over, by, uh, over Kansas by 16-plus points in the last three years, including the worst home loss in the Bill Self era. I mean, it, it really it, it you don't really think about how uh, important and really how monumental a win over Kansas like that could be until you you know kind of stack it up against some of the the other disappointing all time losses for Kansas. I mean, Texas has recently handed KU two of their worst losses arguably they've had since they've you know, been in the Big 12 only because of the timing of it, because they're the only third team since 2010 um, to beat Kansas uh, basically by 20-plus points in March. That doesn't happen. And the first team since KU joined the Big 12 to defeat Kansas by 15-plus points in consecutive weeks. You just don't beat Kansas like that. You just don't do it. So confidence-wise, I mean, this has got to be the most confident Texas has felt all year long. They got to be feeling yeah. extremely confident about being able to beat one of the best teams in the country, which means you can play and beat any other team in the well, country. And I mean, if you talk about playing TCU, who is a team that's gotten the better of you and a team that really was just a really bad matchup for Texas, and being able to win that game and play that game well, I think gives you even more confidence because you can say TCU is a really good team and they and they mm-hmm. were and we were able to handle them. And it wasn't a double-digit win, but it was still a, a win that you, you knew you had going down the stretch. So I, I think both of those wins give you a lot of faith going forward. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun as we watch more film on Colgate. We'll, we'll get a better picture of how this matchup will line up uh, for Texas and what they need to do uh, later in the week. But you have to feel good if you're Texas right now. You have to feel good if you're a Texas fan. Uh, and the Midwest region is where they are right now. I'm just talking about the seedings. Uh, you, I mean, it, it seems like it's favorable. You watch a lot more college yeah. basketball than I do, Patrick. Um, but they do have to play A&M or Penn State in the second round. A lot of people hoping, including the networks, that that's A&M, who a lot of people believe, it, uh, believe were well, shafted a bit in the seeding. They probably should have been a higher seed. They're a seven seed, Penn State a 10 seed. But even in that region, U of H is the top seed in that region, and U of H got a serious injury now dealing with this Sasser injury. They they have an injury. They have a couple injuries actually, and then they are also a team that we know they're very good. I, I don't I don't want to cast illusions that you and that they're not very good. Their biggest win was against Virginia, who we're much better than. 
Like, Texas is a better team than Virginia. Virginia is one of the better teams in a bad conference in the ACC this season. Mm. But they, they were getting beat by teams that didn't even make the tournament. Yeah, the ACC was worth this year. So the ACC is just on a down year <laughs> yeah, right now. Issue, yeah. uh, but so you can say Houston just hasn't played that level of competition. Uh, Indiana is also a good team in that bracket, but Indiana has to beat Houston or Houston has to beat Indiana before we would play them uh, in the Elite Eight anyway. So I, I really I think it's a pretty good draw for Texas. The only thing that you look at and say, well, if you're playing the best seven seed by a long margin in Texas A&M, uh, that's somewhat unfortunate that you're playing a really hot Texas A&M team right there. But out of that, I, I, I'm not complaining about it. I think it, it looks as if Texas, that Houston would have been the fourth one seed and Texas would have been the first five, uh, one, two go. seed. Like it's what it looks like yeah. if you look at the bracket. So I think they got somewhat favorable seeding in there. Yeah, I feel like that too. Obviously, Longhorn fans, a little cocky right now, and I get that. And I'm in that and camp as well, uh, especially now looking at the, the just the, the surface uh, uh, kind of breakdown of Colgate. They are – a really good three-point shooting team, 40.8% three-point uh, percentage as a team. Uh, that's the best in the country, that uh, field goal, three-point percentage. They also are number two in field goal percentage, and I think they're number one in effective field goal percentage too. So they knock down shots, but in terms of talent level that they've had to play, I think they've played two Power 5 opponents. Uh, they played Syracuse and they played Auburn, I believe it was. Those are their two power five opponents they played. So they haven't had a, you know, a, a real daunting schedule, but they have taken care of business. And I will say they're 20 and one in their last 21 games. Yeah. I so mean, like one game in their last 20 games. Yeah. They win the Patriot games. League. Uh, not a huge, I mean, not a powerhouse league. Uh, but it, I'll have to watch more game film before I know kind of what matchup problems they're going to be. I don't think they have a dominating big, which is something you always worry about. And the question is going to be, can they shoot lights out enough? But I don't think they shoot enough threes to make that the major threat. No, they don't. They only make like nine. They, they, they're so good at it. They only make like a little less than nine per game. Yeah, so we'll just have to, I'll have to look more into that. And, and I, it, in this kind of matchup, it comes down to Texas being focused, Texas being ready. Uh, Brock Cunningham had a good uh, message after the game. Where he's like, we celebrate, but he's like, I won the Big Twelve Championship a few years ago and we lost that first game. Oh so oh, he goes, he goes like, I know. Hey, Brock, but Brock Cunningham being on the team's like, I can know. This I'm gonna enjoy this while I do, but man, believe me, I ain't having that. I'm not doing it twice. What was that? Was that SFA? What was that? No, Ooh. that was Abilene Christian, right? Abilene Christian is what it was. Oh. And it was like some purple school. Yeah. Wasn't it purple or the color? I think so. Oh. That hurt. That one did hurt. Yeah. That one was, especially after winning the Big 12 tournament time, that one hurt. That yeah. did. That was very disappointing. Um, and I believe one of the issues was they they had, uh, they had basically they killed Texas on the boards. Yeah, which is they, still a Texas, still a Texas issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, you're going to have to go in there. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look more this week. I, I, I saw there was some – I saw some games I could watch. So I'll watch some more Colgate through this week and let you guys know what more I see of where the problems could lie. But again, you're the better team. You're the more talented team. You're the more athletic team. You need to go out and yeah. and just win this game. And it, no slow start. No, play like you did in the tournament. Yep. You can do that. If you play like you did in the Big 12 tournament, then you should be fine. You can move ahead, and then we'll watch, we'll watch A&M and Penn State and see who we're going to be playing next. They got one Power 5 win. That's versus Syracuse, and they are 4-7 and seven versus the top three quad teams. 
21 and 1 versus quad four teams, and they are 20 and 1 in the last 21 games. And that one loss was by one point, I believe. So, all right, we'll talk some more about Colgate as we get to know Colgate. We come back, we'll wrap it up, put it in the oven, let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Line 1049 Horns. Papa Top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That is... Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com and you can catch up with them on the podcast page. What you got going on today, Patrick? Soccer Matters at 7 and then Instant Serious at 8. That's right. Oh, man, that's going to be great. Hey, maybe Aaron Rodgers will, will get a trade before then. Who knows? <laughs> hey, man, you might have some breaking news, man. The legal tampering <laughs> period is wild in the NFL. Uh, tonight, I'm going to go home. I'm going to try to go watch the rest of the Oscar nominated films. I need to see The Well and I need to finish watching Banshees of Ina Sheeran. So I will try to do that give y'all some more blackbuster reviews tomorrow. I want to thank my man Pat for doing a great job. Thank all you guys out there for listening and your participation. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but please take care of each other. Peace!